invite you to stand for the reading of the word this morning. It is our tradition to read scripture together. I was thinking maybe just those could stand who were in favor of daylight savings time. <laughs> or those who wanted someone else to make the decision, but that doesn't feel quite right on Sabbath. I'll read to you, our scripture today comes from John chapter three. This is the story of Nicodemus and Jesus. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one can do these things, the things that you're doing, apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, so no, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit, Jesus says, is spirit. Don't be astonished that I said this to you, that you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses. You'll hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can these things be? This is the word of God. You can be seated. Thursday morning, I pulled out my phone and I pulled over to the side of the road just here on the corner. In that order, I pulled out my phone and then I pulled over, speaking the truth, and I turned on my camera. just right here at the corner. We would have no way of knowing last week that this week the idea of the wind would be so overwhelming. We would not have known last week that wind plus dry underbrush plus humidity plus fire would be so devastating to our state and to so many we love and know and to so, so many others. We wouldn't have known last week what we know this week about the power of the wind. So I thought for a moment yesterday to swap the text out for today because I truly wondered if we would be able to hear a text on the wind. Jesus says that the spirit is like the wind and I wondered, can, can we hear it today? So I persisted and we'll see what we hear. Jesus and Nicodemus, the Spirit of God is like the wind. It'll blow where it wants, La Sierra. It'll come and it'll go, La Sierra. We'll have no control over it, La Sierra. These are words that Jesus tells Nicodemus when these two teachers gather for their night meeting in the cover of night. Here are two of them, Nicodemus, who's kind of the teacher of the year award scholar. 
He's done a thing already. He just made wine from water. Now that's a deal. So his reputation is growing. And then there's Nicodemus sitting outside with him in the dark. There's Nicodemus, I'm sorry. Nicodemus is the one. Uh, I'm going to do that again because I think I might have confused you. <laughs> I confused me. Nicodemus and Jesus. Nicodemus is the one with the reputation. He's the up and coming in the Jewish community. He's the scholar. He knows Jesus is the one with the new reputation that's growing, right? Water, wine, party, wow. That's not what teachers do. This is how the two of them find themselves in the nighttime, Nicodemus coming to Jesus saying, you are not like other teachers. I have a question for you, Jesus. So the story begins, the two of them together. Remember last week when we were gathered here, by the way, we were in John chapter 16 and we learned a thing, that it is Jesus who calls the spirit the comforter, the friend, another. I will give you a constant companion. It's only one word in the original language, but it means all those things, a comforter, a friend, a constant companion, a helper. Jesus is the one who names the spirit that. And then he says to the disciples, and by the way, I'll go now so that other one can come because It'll be better if I leave than the Spirit can be with everyone everywhere all the time. I'll go and send the Spirit because then instead of all of you watching me, oh, there's Jesus, oh, there's Jesus doing a thing. Oh, look at Jesus. Instead of that, maybe you'll be attentive to the Spirit in you and around you. So I'll go now and I'll send you another one. That was last week with a little Robert Duvall and a little testimony from all of you. It's a good week in church. You shouldn't miss. This week, though, the teaching from John 16. Once upon a time, here sit two teachers. The credentialed Nicodemus and the up-and-coming Jesus. John chapter 3, verse 2. He came by night to Jesus, Nicodemus. Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God. No one can do these signs. Nicodemus, with good speech, with good reasoning, with good education... I imagine with a good coat and sandals too, with everything that's right. He knows the texts. He's had the debates with the elders. He's taught the lesson on this topic. Nicodemus is your guy. If you think, think of your person, who is your wise mentor? Go for the, the most wise professor you know. Who's your Yoda? Don't say it out loud, but I got one, I got two. This is Nicodemus, he's our Yoda. If anybody is positioned to have the conversation with Jesus, it would be Nicodemus. And he says to Jesus, who, who, you must be. You must be a teacher from God because the things you're doing. He comes by night, who are you? Tell me, you're a teacher from God, is that who you are? Jesus answered him, very truly I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born from having grown old? Can you enter a second time into your mother's womb? Because one word can mean two things in Nicodemus's language. To be born again could be another time, but it could also be from another space or from above. And Nicodemus chooses the former, not the latter. How could I be born again? How can I crawl back into my mother's body? Jesus, you're ridiculous. Nicodemus hears one thing. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, baptism, and spirit. 
What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. And don't be astonished that I have said this to you, that you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Baptism, the outward expression, born of the Spirit, the inward journey, the working out from the inside out. Jesus tells Nicodemus, there's going to be another transformation that happens. It'll happen from the inside out. It'll move in like the wind. You won't know where it's coming from. You won't know where it's going, and it's going to happen to you. And it's going to happen to all of the disciples. But how do you do that, Nicodemus wants to know. How do you exchange the patterns, the patterns of this world, the impulses of in this world, the pressures of this world, that which pulls on me in this world, how do I exchange that for the rhythms and the patterns and the intuition and the instincts of heaven, what I call the agendas of God? How do I exchange the agendas of this earth for the agendas of God? Nicodemus wants to know in his nighttime visit with Jesus, There are supernatural options. Philip Yancey's book is called Rumors of Another World. It's exactly what he's talking about. We have rumors of another world while we're standing embedded in this world. We get an idea that there are other options, supernatural options all around us. Philip Yancey says they're actually hiding in plain sight. The impulse for the kingdom, the choices for the kingdom, the pattern for the kingdom, hiding in plain sight. You must be born again, Jesus says, or you won't enter into those agendas. You won't participate in those agendas. It'll be difficult for you to imagine those agendas, Nicodemus, smart man you are. This is when Nicodemus responds, how can these things be? You're a teacher of Israel, you don't understand. There's only one implied answer to that kind of a question, right? Busted. Busted. In the Gospel of John, those of you who love this Gospel, and many people say, oh, I love the fourth Gospel. We're in the middle of these patterns where there'll be a statement, and then there'll be a misunderstanding, and then there'll be a correction by Jesus. That's what's happening with Nicodemus right here and now. We're also in this Gospel where we understand that during the night, when anything happens in the night, it's because there might be confusion, because this is a Gospel of the light and the day. So how interesting is it that Nicodemus comes in the night? Because people are watching and people make judgments and come on. I mean, that happens around here. Pastor, can I get an appointment? But not at the church. Can you drive to Orange County? Because we make judgments. How interesting that we have this learned scholar, Nicodemus. The very next story, the next chapter, will be the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, who's been married five times and lives with a guy who's not her husband, and she's from the enemy tribe of the Samaritans. How fascinating that a lady of the night will come in broad daylight while a scholar of the day sneaks around in the night. John does this in his storytelling. Those of you... Those of us who say we love this gospel, there's so much here. The night is also, though, for clarity. It isn't only confusing things that happen in the night. Whatever they tell you, young adults, yeah, we're scared when the night falls and the young adults are out. But not everything that happens when the lights are out is bad. 
Clarity comes in the night in John's storytelling. When Nicodemus sits with Jesus, it's like the light comes on for him. Jesus, you're not a normal teacher. Tell me what this means. This is the conversation between the two scholars this night. There are good agendas of God we have not yet imagined, Jesus says. Verse eight, the wind blows where it chooses. You'll hear the sound of it. Isn't that interesting? You would think he would, storyteller would say, you'll see it. You'll hear it. You won't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So this is a hard teaching for Nicodemus. On the spot, Jesus undoes Nicodemus. Nicodemus who has an ordered life and a well-reasoned life. Nicodemus who has his answers in place and his scrolls laid out on the dining room table. Jesus undoes him right now. And if I tell the truth, as a person raised in the Seventh-day Adventist tradition with my Bible open with exceptional education that I've been given, this undoes me a little bit too. What do you mean the Spirit's going to blow and surprise us? What do you mean we're not going to have control over this Jesus? The Spirit will undo us, church. Jesus says, be prepared for that. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Does that settle well with anybody here today, by the way? The people who like to be comfortable, does that settle well with you parents? Get hey. Something's going to blow into your house and you're not going to have any control over it. Oh, well. This is our teaching for today. The spirit is like the wind. We won't know where it comes from. We won't know where it's going. We won't be able to stop it. So a few things happen when we talk about the spirit. Sometimes at this point, we like wander into weird spirit stories. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Just weird things the spirits do. My first weird spirit story, I've told you, happened right here by the front row here. I got up after church and a woman got into my space right here and said the spirit told her a thing that we had a demon between us. Right here, I stood on the edge of this carpet. I remember being as frightened as I could be because it was, I was just a month at this church. And she went into it right here. She closed her eyes and she began to sway and she began to chant and she began to say some things and trembling and holding on to me. The spirit says there's a demon between us and we did this for a while. I finally decided to close my eyes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> And then, it got, it, and then it was over. She let out a little bit of a scream. She exhaled. <gasps> oh, isn't that better, Pastor? Isn't that so much better? <sighs> Weird spirit stories. Is this part of the reason why we don't talk so much about the spirit church? When I went to the car, I've told you this, when I went to the car and my husband was waiting for me, where have you been? I said, I just got healed from a demon, from a lady I've never met. <laughs> the spirit was doing a thing. Sometimes we don't talk about the spirit because we have these weird spirit stories. Sometimes we don't talk about the spirit because we have controlled spirit stories. 
So if you've heard this, you'll play along again. But if you haven't, this is the best way I know how to talk about controlled spirit stories. My grandmother taught me everything I know about hymns from the hymnal. Still, on Monday, Steve and I were doing worship at the conference office, and they called out a hymn, and I knew the number in the hymnal. That's just weird. But that I grew up on my grandmother's knee, and she taught me the hymnal. And I think I see you up there, Bramlets. My, my grandmother was the organist at your church in the Longview, Washington church. So it is, my grandmother taught me how to play the hymns, and the hymns have to be played a certain way, and there's a meter and a metronome, and the whole thing we would practice in her living room about every three months in Kelso, Washington. And this is her favorite hymn, and it has to be played this way. You know it's not written in the hymnal that way, right? <laughs> like everybody's clear? The hymnal goes. Right? So this is the way grandma taught me to play the hymn. And then when I became a teenager, and this is when praise and worship music started taking off Lucas, this is in the 70s. And uh, I realized that there were more notes on the piano. pick up my hands and start the metronome. It's not even in the hymnal that way, right? I know two songs. I know two songs. Don't be impressed. It's not even in the hymnal that way, am I right? This unleashed between my grandmother and I, this very long conversation, serious conversation, because that was the righteous and sanctified and right way to play the hymn. But why, Grandma? Because this is how the hymn sounds. But why, But what was wrong with my notes? Sometimes we do that with the Spirit Church. Sometimes we control the spirit into this righteous, contained, sanctified salvation box because we're filled with so much anxiety. We don't know what else to do. That's my thesis. We're filled with so much anxiety. It's either weird spirit or controlled spirit. And here comes Jesus with Nicodemus Nicodemus saying, friends, get comfortable being uncomfortable. The Spirit's going to blow where the Spirit's going to blow. We have options, right? We have options in the story. But they're deep, critical, big, marvelously huge agendas God is teaching Nicodemus. They're not superficial like music, friends. Can I say that today? They're large, huge, loving agendas God wants to teach Nicodemus. And we get choices in this story, just like when we were in the book of Exodus a few weeks ago. We have choices with God in our story. One choice is to dig in with this deep anxiety. And when we feel anxious, this is when we attempt to control God and control each other. My other option is to have a confident trust in God. 
Nicodemus, your option is to have a confident trust in God. It means you'll trust God and listen to others and it will undo you. You're gonna be uncomfortable, Nicodemus. But there are large agendas of God you won't see unless we go down this road together. This is the teaching with Nicodemus. Isn't it something that the very next text, the first time we hear the word love in the Gospel of John, comes right now? For God so loved, this is part of Jesus' explanation to Nicodemus, for God so loved, and you might expect he's going to say, Nicodemus, for God so loves you, Nicodemus. I'm sorry you're troubled. For God so loves your people, Nicodemus, it's going to be okay, Israel, nation of Israel. For God so loves Jerusalem, Jerusalem, be, be calm, God's got you. But church, what does God say? God so loved the world. Jesus teaching Nicodemus the agendas of God that you can't see, the possibilities of God we cannot yet see are because God loves the whole world. The cosmos, the crazy that's against God, God is pursuing all of it. Verse 17, God so loves the world, he did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. Isn't it worth noting this Sabbath? While the fires are blazing, while 12 more victims are dead in Thousand Oaks from random gun violence, isn't it worth noting that no one in the state right now is asking about the governance of the Seventh-day Adventist Church? No one in the state is asking who can lead no one in our state and in this crisis this weekend is saying, I wonder what will happen next in the church. Because everyone is consumed with the agendas of God, with lodging and food and shelter and safety. Isn't it beautiful, the stories we're starting to hear of compassion and kindness, of people pausing on the road, opening the door, and anybody running gets in the car because the most important agendas God wants us to know look like that. The Spirit is blowing, Nicodemus. You won't be able to control it. So church, I learned today, if we want to move with the spirit, we should prepare to be undone. We should prepare to let the spirit draw us in. If I want to move with the spirit, it means that when I walk into a room and I see all the happy people on one side of the room and one lonely, quiet person awkward over there, I might feel the Spirit draw me to this person where I will initiate a conversation and become the bridge in the room. This is when God is real and the Spirit is alive. If I wanna move with the Spirit, it means when I've done something wrong, instead of cover it up and hide it, I might confess to God and to the people who need to know, I did a thing and I am sorry and will you forgive me? The Spirit will draw me towards that. This is when I'll know God is real and the Spirit is alive. If I'm going to do life with the Spirit, I might walk into a conversation where everyone's ganged up on another kind of person where they're shaming and blaming and, and name calling and abusing. And if I am silent, then it'll be perceived that I agree with their opinion. But I might feel the spirit draw me to say, but I know that person or I know someone like him. 
wait, we're all human beings. And that's when I'll know God is real and the spirit is alive. When I go into the voting booth, the people with power, which usually means money, might have persuaded me with a good argument about how I should vote on this or that, but I might use my power, I might feel the spirit saying, calm down and be patient, Chris. Who's not represented in this conversation? The people don't have a voice. People who don't have homes or employment, people who find themselves incapacitated or mentally challenged or without in this world, I might find I use my voice and vote to represent that group. That's when I'll know the spirit is alive. God is real, friends. You can play this out again and again and again. The wind will blow where it blows. When you feel the spirit pull you in a direction, that's when we know God is alive and the spirit is real. And sometimes the spirit might say, it is your turn to sit down and rest a while and let someone else serve you. And all you'll do is say thank you and God bless you. This is when we know God is real and the spirit is alive. And in our chaotic California state, when we feel out of control today, we might feel the spirit breathe into us and calm us and tell us to sing one more chorus again and look around the room and remember our day comes when God makes everything new and we can live another day. And in that moment, we will know God is real and the spirit is alive. The wind will blow, La Sierra, as the wind will blow. Amen.